On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, it is our reaction show. It was a big weekend in boxing. Tiafimo Lopez got a win, but he did not look great. Terrence Crawford, spectacular knockout. Luis Alberto Lopez, big upset over Josh Warrington. And we'll also preview the monster. He is back. Nioa Inouye digging on Paul Butler. Let's get into it. everybody welcome into another edition of inside boxing live i am your host dan canobio my co-host as always every single week chris algieri former 140 pound champ current uh beats up on john boy employees chris you're back in florida i'm in new york how's it going good good it's uh it's good to be back the weather here is absolutely perfect it was a little chilly in New York for me, but uh, it was a good week. We, we we got a lot done. I got to I got to hang out with a lot of the uh, the John Boy office people and yes. uh, all the content creators. Made a lot of new friends. So, so a lot of new week. friends, maybe some enemies. I doubt it, but more more friends than enemies. Uh, we have a big. I posted on social media. Chris did as well. Um, we shot our first ever John Boy Media Boxing Combine, where we had four content creators going through a boxing workout. A uh, winner goes on to fight Chris in a in one round. Uh, I'm not going to reveal who won the combine. Uh, you're gonna have to tune in and watch, but it was a blast, and you're gonna be able to catch that on the Inside Boxing Live uh, YouTube page. That was friggin' awesome. Uh, yeah, so it was a fun uh week. It was a fun weekend. I was at the Garden uh, on Saturday night, uh, ringside. That was fun to be back there and see some familiar faces and and watch a fun night uh, of fights or fights all over the globe as usual on the weekends. Uh. Let's start in Omaha, Nebraska. Terrence Crawford, uh, spectacular knockout over David Evanissian. Um, sixth round, 14,000 fans uh, in, in Nebraska. Didn't think that was going to be an issue for Buddy. Always sells there. It's actually the, the highest attendance he's ever had in, in Nebraska. Higher than the Indongo fight and some of the other ones he had there. So he can still sell tickets. I thought the pay-per-view production looked fine. There were some skeptics uh, out there at BLK Prime. The the call was good with Todd Grisham and Paulie and Tarver. Uh, but what's most important is Terrence Crawford in the ring, um, in there for the first time in a very long time, uh, back and up and I wouldn't say up and down, but a, a very good performance. Chris, what are your thoughts? Because who cares what I think? Right. So I, I watched it after the fact, you know, there's a lot of fights going on last night. I had to catch it earlier this morning. Um, you know, so the first thing I saw obviously was the spectacular knockout. So I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, man, Terrence is a bad man. Let me get into watching it. And I was very surprised that the fight was, was, you know, the, the knockout doesn't tell the whole story of the fight. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, was, was in there. He landed a lot of shots. Terrence chose to fight majority of the fight. out of his South post dance. He fought in the pocket and he was getting clipped with overhand rights and left hooks. I, I like this style that Avanesian, uh, excuse me, what's the name again? Avanesian. I'm sorry. Chan. After today, um, I, don't, I don't think we'll be saying his name much again. Yeah, I don't think so. But it's still, I like to show show the man some respect. Um, I, I like the style that he employed. He was he came in under that that tight guard and, he, and he's throwing looping shots over the top, was able to catch Terrence with a bunch of right hands and left hooks, especially early on. But as it went, Terrence is constantly accruing data, calculating, mm -hmm. analyzing, and sort of picking his spots and getting that much more precise and finding that one perfect shot. And the sixth round, Oof. he did it. He found Dude. it, and he he iced, iced him, <laughs> put him on his back. That he was, was didn't scary. even try to beat the count. 
scary knockout. And you're right. He, he kind of lulled them to sleep. And that sequence right before uh, the knockout was something that I think a lot of trainers would teach, you know, in tight, uh, you know, uh, you know, shoulders tight, rolling with the punches. Then pa-pa, quick one, mm-hmm. two, uh, was hammering to the body before that. First couple of rounds, you're right. Avenison t- was applying a lot of pressure. He had actually had Crawford on his heels a little bit. Uh, in the first four rounds, Crawford came out orthodox and he turned to southpaw. Um, an active uh, Crawford inside of the ring. 602 punches thrown. He threw 70 jabs around. He threw 92 jabs in the second round. That's the uh, tie to Compubuck's welterweight record. Like, that's something we've never seen f- from Crawford. Yes, he was throwing it out there as like a range finder. But still, as you told me numerous times, that still is an effective punch, even if it's not landing. Uh, I thought Crawford was more active. And then in the fifth or sixth or fifth and sixth round is when he started to pick it up. And then he gets a spectacular uh, highlight reel knockout. But now it comes down to, you know what, like I I just, all right, 18 months out of the ring, uh, you know, the whole saga with Spence, no one wanted to see Evanesian in there. No, no disrespect to him, but this is not the fight we want to see. 35 years old now, first fight in 18 months. I want only big opponents for for Terrence Crawford from here on out. I think a lot of boxing fans and media can agree there. I want him active too, because this guy is spectacular watch everything outside of the ring. You know, we've all talk, talked about it, I've criticized it, business moves, this, that, and the other. Inside of the ring, he is a top five talent and one of the best fighters to watch because he does so many things in there that are spectacular, and he gives you the, the knockouts that you crave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you mentioned a very important point, 35 years of age. Now, this is a little bit of an inside boxing, inside baseball you know, idea from my, from, from, from my standpoint, watching him in that fight. Now, is it the 18-month layoff? Is it the opponent that he had in front of him? Is it a tactic that he was staying in the pocket, allowing his opponent to kind of be lulled to sleep in the fact that, hey, I'm in this fight. Maybe he didn't expect to be. Let him drop his guard a little bit so I can I can land that one shot. I don't know. I think it could be the age. I think it could be, you know, these these younger uh, uh, physical guys are coming forward. They're able to land shots that they never could have. We've never seen Terrence get hit with shots like that earlier years or when he was a little bit younger so it's either you know it's age either way it's either age in the fact that he's not reacting as well or it's age in that he's like you know what uh, this is the way that i fight now uh i'm not going to be as reactive i don't need to work so hard not to get hit i'll take a little bit to give to give that much more and uh and i'm finishing the fight anyway so so who cares i i don't know if that's going to be a great tactic against a guy like uh errol spence i think if he fights the same style that he fought last night against errol He's going to have a hard time. I think Errol is way too physical for that. He's And he doesn't make the mistakes that Avanesian was making. Avanesian, I saw very early on, pulling straight up, pulling straight up, which is exactly how we got knocked out. And I talked about Terrence's ability to analyze the data and take it as he's going as it's coming in. Avanesian's pulling up, pulling mm-hmm. up. How do you get stopped? Left hook, boom, as he pulled up. Caught him on the shin, tra- training shots, bang. Perfect timing because he knew he was going to be there. He's been doing it all night long. Picking your head up, picking your head up, picking your head up. Errol Spence doesn't do that. He doesn't make mistakes like that. I think it's going to be very difficult for Terrence to stand in front of him, analyze, and do what he did to Evanesian. Well, another thing with Spence, too, is he's very active. Almost 75 punches thrown yeah. around. Uh, Evanesian Which is wasn't... what gives Terrence trouble. That's right. Evanesian was doing great. Yeah, Evanesian didn't throw 75 around, but he still had Crawford on his heels. And who knows? Like the like your your theory on is it age or is he goading him into the fight? could be a combination of both. Yeah. Um, you know, as Ultimately, you get older, as you it. know, what you say? I think I think ultimately that that's really what it is. It's a combination of the two. 
Right. Combination of both knowing that, you know, you're not a spring chicken anymore and you got to figure out different tactics and use your strengths. And and undoubtedly his strength is his power punching uh, precision. I mean, this is now what, eight or nine knockouts in a row. Um, He he has this ability to just be so precise in there with those power shots, find the opening, you know, land his combinations in between his opponent's combinations. I mean, that was just like a textbook just such a quick knockout. You had to watch it three or four times to actually see the punch. That's how short and, and direct it was. I and mean, that's what we wanted, right? We wanted to see a spectacular knockout. We want to get this out of the way. He makes $10 million, so so they say. And now we can move on to hopefully dispense fight or, you know, a Virgil Ortiz fight. Uh, anyone at 147 who is considered elite, because it, this is what it's got to be for Crawford for the next two to three years. Yeah, you know, speaking on the knockout, you know, it's, it's a classic check hook. You know, he's pulled, he pulled. They they pull back. They traded shots. You had you let them run into the shot. Right hooks are so dangerous because they come from outside of your vision when you're fighting an orthodox fighter. That's what makes a, a, a southpaw who has a good right hand. Most of them are, are very left handed dominant. When a right when a when a southpaw has a good check hook, it's a very very dangerous punch because you don't see it. The right the righty wants to hit you with the right hand and they run headfirst into that shot. It's a head on collision. It's one of the hardest shots you can hit with is that check right hook from a southpaw position. Yeah, so we saw a few new wrinkles from Terrence Crawford last night. You know, uh, 600 punches in six six rounds is something we haven't seen uh, from Crawford. But how about this with Errol Spence? Uh, absolutely bizarre and absolutely insane. Earlier in the day, a 14-year-old kid in Texas takes his dad's car out for a joyride and hits, ter- and hits Errol Spence head on. Uh, Spence took to Instagram live, like literally right after the crash, the car was absolutely, his car was totaled. He came out of it unscathed. Uh, this guy, I mean, it's got more lives than a, you know, more, nine lives than a cat. I was, I don't know what the hell I just tried to say there. He's got more lives than a cat. Is that, is that a saying? Yeah, that is cats. Generally, they think they have nine lives. So yeah, he's got more lives than a cat. Hey, listen, this guy's either the luckiest guy in the world or the most unlucky guy in the world, depending on how you slice it. But it just seems like the out of the ring stuff with him is one of the most dangerous aspects of his career. Right. In the ring, he's been so dominant. He's been so consistent over the years. You know, he's taken out top-level guys year after year. And But every year, it's a new thing. There's some kind of outside-of-the-ring issue that uh, it can be literally not only career-ending, but life-ending. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I hope we get to see those big <laughs> fights from him. I think there's so much left from him for him to do if he can stay on his feet, so to speak. Right, you know, obviously the, the his other car accident was was you know him driving drunk. This one is just a freak thing where a kid takes his yeah. dad's car out, um, and you know smashes into him. Then you know the the eye injury, which obviously stemmed from the first car accident. This is why we gotta get these guys in the ring. We want to see this fight. You know, there's so much can happen, like you said, outside of life and 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 all that. And you know, it's great that 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 uh, Spence was fine and uh, came out of that unscathed. Absolutely insane for that to happen too on the day of. When Crawford fights, I mean, these two are just going to be linked uh, for the rest of their careers until they get into he, the ring. Hopefully, that's that's next year. Spence was still smart enough, smart enough to drop his new clothing drop where it, he uh, took a little jab at, at I love Crawford. That. It, that, that shirt is uh, with the meme the shark. Yeah, the meme, the meme shark walking past the uh, Terrence Crawford looks like he's hiding. Yeah, uh, I love that. they were still they were still smart enough marketing wise to do that, even though he had, a, had an accident. But just some uh, a comment about the accident. I saw the car, right? That was a head on collision. Mm-hmm. And he came out, quote unquote, unscathed. But listen, car accidents are, are a whole different thing. The way that your body 
yeah. is thrust during a car accident at any type of speed tissues move in a way that is not natural and and you could have micro shearing that's what the, the eye thing that makes a lot of sense coming from an accident going off that you have that kind of the, the tissue isn't used to that kind of um intensity and 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 changing of forces when you have a car accident that's why back injuries are so common with car accidents yeah you know there, there could be injuries that we're not really aware of that spence might not even be aware of and that, that's another reason why like you said we need to get these guys fighting get, get these guys in the ring together because uh you know it's one for the ages yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, let's move on to top rank card. Uh, I was there ringside Saturday night. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez, let's start here. Split decision win over Sandor Martin. Uh, one judge had Lopez winning eight of the 10 rounds. That clearly wasn't the case. Uh, Lopez went down in the second round. There was a slip later on that seemed like more of a knockdown than the first one. All in all, I thought Tiafimo did not look good in there. Uh, I also do think he got did enough to, to get the win. What, what do you think? Yeah. Did you think he won the fight? And what did you make of Tifima Lopez's performance? Ultimately, yes, I did have him winning the fight. He did not impress me. Uh, I believe he's regressed quite a bit. Yes. And Devin Haney put out a tweet and he said, uh, Cambos has ruined him. I disagree. I think Lomachenko ruined him. Ever since that fight, he has looked less and less impressive and he was one of the guys that i've been the most high on i love when he fights i love watching his fights I love calling his fights tiafimo is, is a spectacular person to watch perform but in recent years ever since that that lomachenko fight he just has not looked the same and i don't know if it's because of just what happened from that I mean, that thrust him into the spotlight the way it did mm -hmm. you know um a guy like him who's got so much talent so many physical gifts the issue is going to come up here and it seems like that's really what, what happened with that Lomachenko win and everything around it moving up after that. Um, I think he needs to get back to his roots. I need to, he needs to get back to his boxing. He was outboxed last night. It, it, it wasn't anything other than that. He, he, he fought um, very impatiently, which we, he fought exactly how we fought Cambosis. He fought very come forward, looking for big shots, dropping his hands as he's throwing his right hand, um, lunging, jumping up in the air. There are times if you really look, he's literally off yeah. both feet in the yeah. air getting hit with shots. Why? Why are you, what are you doing? Not jabbing. He doesn't jab anymore. He, he used to have a great jab. He out-jabbed Lomachenko. Lomachenko's a southpaw. Sandra Martin's a southpaw. You can say, oh, well, he's a southpaw. You don't jab that much against a southpaw. Okay, he did against Lomachenko. So I, I don't know. I, I was I, I was not happy with the performance, um, but ultimately I, I did have him winning the fight. Yeah, lot to unpack there. Um, agree with everything you said. Uh, I do think it, it mentally first. We'll start there. Uh, after the Lomachenko fight, you're absolutely right. You know, not a lot of people were picking him. I actually was with I him wasn't. a few months before that. You picked him to win. I picked. No, I picked. Uh, I picked uh, Lomachenko. But I I told everyone that I told his, his father says it all the time. He's like, you were the only guy who said that we can win this fight. I said, I'm like, he can win this fight because of the power differential and the size. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think it, it was going to go the way. But hey, look, the kid is that talented. Yeah. So that fight, I do agree that that was obviously a blessing for him because it changed his life. But it also yeah. made more problems, more money, more problems. Uh, you know, and ego inflated. Uh, circle gets bigger, more money, and obviously that rolled into the Cambosos fight. Some of the things that you know that whole saga. Some of the things that he thought was going to happen in his career and and. You know, the thinking that he was going to be a, a massive draw when he still is a draw, but he it didn't match up to the things that, that that he was saying. And when it comes down to it, man, I honestly think that, you know, his his dad and I'm not saying anything that is that no one, you know, this isn't a groundbreaking statement here, but I think his dad got him to a certain level 
but it might be time to take a look and say, you know what, like I might need a new lead trainer. I might, I might need a new voice. Uh, but he is steadfast that his dad will be a part of his corner from here until the end. They have an unbreakable bond, but he's a good trainer, but he just lacks that, that, that voice in the corner. And you can touch on this, you know, you did change trainers. You obviously stepped into the ring how important is it to have that voice of adjustments? Like, where was the adjustments last night? Where was the adjustments in the Camposos fight? Where was the adjustments in, in not so much in the Campa fight? But I, I honestly think he needs a new trainer. And, and I'm not always one to say that you should go out there and make a change like that. He needs a, either Joey Gamash, bring him back in. I don't know why he got rid of him because that's, I thought he looked the best. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he had him for Comey and, and, and Lomachenko. There has to be a lot of changes in his personal life, which are not easy. But one change uh, you can make is bring in a, a good trainer, bring in a different voice. Fantastic, fantastic uh, point there, Dan. Um, you, you mentioned Joey Gamal. Well, actually, let me just speak on my own personal experience first. I trained trainers multiple times, and I think it's it was um, – I still kept – like Keith Trimble, who was in my corner for literally every single boxing fight that I've ever had. And I never – just like he doesn't want to get rid of his father, his father will always be in the corner. That's my that's my relationship with, with Keith Trimble. He will be in my corner no matter what. Um, I had other head trainers throughout my career, but I always had that. Keith was my rock and his father can still be that for him. He can have a different voice though. It's good to have a different voice. It's good to you. you it's, it's semantics. There are certain words that hit you a certain way when you're in a ring, when you're in, when you're in training. Um, and also just from keeping yourself from getting flat. It seems to me like Tiafimo's gotten flat in his training, his preparations. So on fight night, his performances are a little flat. For such an explosive guy, I mean, his flat is still better than most people. But um, yeah, I agree. You mentioned Joey Gamash. He's a friend of mine. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, was, a great, was a very, very good fighter as well. I spoke to Joey at length about the kind of training that they did. And he said, Chris, he's like, basically, he's like, I just work defense. He's like, he does a lot of defense. We do a lot of defense. He spars, he does mitts. Immediately after, we're on the noodles. And we're working head movement and rolling in hand position, which was completely absent last night. Yeah, the, His defensive prowess has really fallen off. Didn't see that. Didn't see. He used to be really good at catching and shooting, rolling, firing. None of that happened last night. He was actually getting outboxed, getting out defensed, out slicked by Sandra Martin, who is a very capable boxer, mind you. Um, but, but yeah, no, if nothing else, Sandra Martin showed the game plan for how to beat Tiafimo. Yeah. You got to box on the outside. You got to move. You got to slow it down. Yeah, that's pretty and, much uh, what you said before the fight, right? I said that, yeah. that Martin's going to come in there and do what he did against Mikey Garcia, slow the fight down to a crawl uh move around in there pot shots didn't think he'd be able to execute it as well as he did definitely didn't think that martin would be able to drop him uh arguably twice in, in the fight and you broke up the defense and i think the defense was glaring uh lack of defense was glaring from t from footwork i think it starts with footwork right footwork then then defense oh. simply cutting off the ring why didn't he cut off the ring that goes back it's all wrapped into one thing it all goes back to the corner where was his corner saying what why didn't they teach or implore in their camp all right, this guy's going to move in there. We know what type of fighter he is. Cut the ring off because the entire night, Tiafimo was chasing him around the ring. And while he was chasing him, Following. he was getting peppered, peppered with right hands from Martin. Yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned I, I forgot to mention I have, I have a pad that I wrote down from the notes that I, that I took while watching it. I don't have it in front of me. Following. He followed him all night long. Wasn't cutting off the ring at all. Was not making the ring small. And Sandra Martin wanted to move, and he was allowed to. Tiafimo allowed him to be what, what he is. What Sandra Martin is, he is a... He is a a pure boxer. The guy boxes and he's a southpaw. We talk, I talked about that right hook, that check hook. That was the most dominant weapon in the fight for, for either man. Um, and he really, it wasn't a hard shot. He was just putting it there and having Tiafimo run into it. 
Speaking of adjustments, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen Tiafimo adjust in a fight. And I he's just he's either completely full blast in control and dominating, or you've got Nakatani, Nakatani fight yeah. where he didn't adjust at all. Same same thing the whole night long. You had um Cambosis, same thing the whole night long. Uh, last night, Sandra Martin, same thing the whole night long. There was no zero adjustment. And even in, in the, Lom- the uh, Lomachenko fight, it was an adjustment. He took control right away. Well, he had and a 7 nothing lead, he, too. Yeah, he stayed He stayed in front. And and the last rounds, when, when Lomachenko came on and he, he lost almost all of those rounds, there wasn't an adjustment there either. Lomachenko... Um, Tiafimo's never been an adjustment guy. He's just he's a he's a super athlete. He's very explosive. He's very talented. He usually gets ahead and stays ahead. And uh, last night he needed to adjust. He had all the tools to do it. He just never made that never made that switch. You gotta adjust though, Chris. I mean, no, the best fighters. I, I've always said. I've always said the best fighters in the world, the champions, know how to adjust. I that that's what that's what I was best at. I was best at adjusting during fights. People have yep. said I've I'm not as physically gifted as most of these guys. I don't have the amateur background or the experience of all these guys, but I was always able to stay sharp, stay in it, and adjust throughout fights. And we're just we're not seeing that from a lot of these young guys. They're front runners. They are front runners, and and that's a, a not to keep pat myself on the back or ourselves on the back. That's what we said in the lead up to this fight. Is Tiafimo Lopez has told me since the first day I met him that I'm in boxing to entertain. Loves knockouts. Doesn't really like the the basics of cutting off a ring or getting a decision win. That's not good enough for him. He wants a spectacular knockout. And he fights like that. And adjustments come from a good corner. Adjustments come from a clear mind. I don't know if he has either of the two right now. Afterwards, did you hear what he said? Um, I don't know if I still have. Do I still have it? He asked a bunch of the top ranked mm-hmm. people. I, I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen a fighter say that in the ring afterwards? Uh, I, well, I've seen, I've can see, I've seen on their face them think it, right? I've never, I've never literally said that. I heard them say it out loud where the media can actually hear you, but that just goes to what Tiafimo. I mean, the, the kid has no filter. He just, he just, <laughs> whatever he's feeling is, is is what's out there into the ether. Um, and that's, I think that's part of the enduring love for the kid. Like it, it it's, it's pretty cool to see the honesty and to see him go through it. We've yeah. all watched him develop, and I mean, his heart is on. We've got that saying: his heart is on his sleeve, mm-hmm. and you know. Our hearts as fighters are always on a sleeve. You always see us, you know, opening up our chest. But him, we we see a, a a window into his mind every every fight week, and you know it's it's a wild place up there. What's going on in Tiafimo's head is is uh it's it's part of the show. It's part yeah. of the reason we tune in. And, it is. It is know, intriguing we, in a way. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's it's a, it's a train wreck you can't look away from, and. You know, we've always tuned in, obviously, and he's always he's always closed the show and, and and been that guy. You actually heard his dad in the corner in the last round. Son, please, please. Like basically, like we need one of those. We need another one of those. You know, those moments that you used to do all the time. Um I mean I'm that's like of- that's like asking for a, you know, going up to the plate and like uh, come on, please. You gotta hit a home run here when a single Yeah, we need do. a home run, champ. You gotta you gotta do it. But listen, the, the, the best guys do that. Do you remember uh Sean Porter and, and Terrence Crawford? I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. He he's up. I'm not up. He's I'm down. Okay. Took that was, out. that was his real. Okay. Gets up, goes out, knocks God that round. Yeah. I you don't know, know what's that's, next. That's, that's the best in the world. Right. I agree. I don't know what's next for, for Tia Fimo. Um, he doesn't have the luxury of a long rebuild or, a, uh, he can't sit out because he has this bloated contract uh, okay. with top rank. He is a big attraction. Any way you want to cut it, whether uh, the people that show up or the people that want to see him, him fight next, he's rising the ranks still, 
in the sanctioning bodies uh, to get those uh, title shots and we'll get to those opponents in, in, in just a second. He doesn't have the luxury to, to sit out. He, you know, it's almost like ideally he would probably sit out for a while or ideally they would probably give him maybe two more soft touches. I don't know if he could take that hit uh, in terms of the, of the public eye. So he's in like a precarious spot right now. And I, I don't doubt top rank because they have some of the best matchmakers and the best management, but they have a tough situation here with Tiafimo. I've got a hot take. Say it. He needs to go back down. He needs to go back down to 135. I agree. Well, will he do Will his ego let him or will his body let him? He's guys, weight classes are there for a reason. Size matter. Physics is real and size matters. He's just not as effective at 140. And if you compare him body type wise from 40 to 35, he looks exactly the same. He did not look like he gained any real functional weight whatsoever. I'm looking at bodies. This is I've been doing this for for 20 plus years. I know how I know about making weight. I know what physical bodies look like. I know what athletes' bodies need to do in order. To, he is not a 40 pounder. I've hugged the I hugged the kid. You know, I'm I'm a big 40 pounder. I'm tall and I'm long. Yeah. He's just not one of those guys. At the elite levels, and Sandro Martin's not elite. At the elite levels. Everybody's big. The top guys at 140, the Ramirez's, the um, the the Josh Taylors, the uh, the rich, uh, the the Prograves, the um, uh, even Zapata. These guys, the, Barboza, they're big guys. Yeah. They're much much bigger than Tiafimo Lopez is, and he's just he just doesn't he hasn't put on the tissue to make that 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 transition to 35 up to 40. He's just cutting less weight. I think he's the exact same size. And yeah. I still think he can make 135. And I think he can probably do it pretty easily if 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 it really came down to it, if you really focused on that. Right. If you're not going to change trainers, you're not going to make drastic changes, uh, that's maybe one you, he can do. Um, you bring up some of these other names at 140. I caught up with Bob Arum after the fight. And Bob, as always, blunt, dead honest. Someone asked him, do you think he's comfortable at 140? No. Uh, no. Would you favor him over Progre? No. I would make no. Progre the favorite. Uh, do I think he also mentioned, I think he can beat pro but that's just a promoter saying what he needed to say, but he said the most important things out loud, uh, Bob, and that he's not comfortable at 140, which everyone with two eyes and any type of boxing knowledge could see. And he's not going to be the favorite over pro I think pro could potentially stop him. I mean, he could drop him for sure. Same thing with Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is big. Josh Taylor can hit hard. Uh, I would favor, um, right now, Jose Ramirez over uh tia Fimo. uh a perfect fight i think for him if if maybe one more soft touch and then uh i would think arnold barboza would be a good fight because barboza is not really a mover he's gonna stand there it doesn't hit hard um maybe that's next uh but i think tia Fimo can benefit one thing he could benefit from is um he is not next for any world title uh progre i think next fight has to be with jose ramirez so he can get in line in that part. Taylor's fighting Catterall. Fight. It's almost like you know Tfimo. He's not getting any of these title shot, these title uh, uh, champs. So put him in there with a, a Barboza. Put him in there with someone like that. But Tfimo Lopez, it's a saga, and we're all gonna watch it one way or another. And the beauty of it is, we're gonna see it all play out in the ring. He's already back in the gym. He posted on Instagram. He's working out in the hotel hotel gym with a big cut on his eye. That's because of his ego. That's not. Yep. That's not. That's not indicative of of him progressing. It. That's that's more of an, an ego thing because it's a little bit bruised. Yep. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I think we're both in agreement on, on on a lot of points when it comes to Tiafimo. Um, you know, and not to take any. No, I, yeah. Again, I, that's not exactly what I was going to allude to next. It's not taken away from him at all. I'm. I've been a big fan. I said that. Um, I've personally spoken to the kid and his father many, many times. I like them both a lot. They're good people. Um, and you know, I think the kid still has a lot left, but he's, he's gotta, he's gotta tap into that thing that he had. 
because he he, he he's, like he's, he's missing he's missing it. Nah, he's missing the same now. person from the Comey fight. Doesn't look like the same person that was having fun in there uh, in the lead up to the Comey fight. And and like you said, like he made life changing money in his his career. You know, seemingly changed for the good, but it seems like it, it was just the opposite after uh, Lomachenko. Jared Anderson, um, wow. He uh, wow. ruined my parlay. I don't care because I was saw a spectacular performance and the real birth of uh, the next great uh, heavyweight uh, in uh, boxing and American here heavyweight, in, yeah. in the States. KO2, Jerry Forrest, first round, maybe could have stopped it towards the end. Uh, Anderson came out winging. Forrest came out winging. Forrest landed a few shots, but Jared Anderson landed a lot more. Uh, this dude, we said coming into this fight, if he was able to stop Jerry Forrest, we would say, okay, this is the second portion of Jared Anderson's career. And I was iffy if he could have stopped him. I definitely thought it was going to go over three and a half rounds, which I was tweeting yeah. about and telling everyone that could listen, put some money on it. Uh, but wow, Jared Anderson made a huge statement. This undoubtedly, he is uh, on a trajectory to be a huge star. Yeah, I mean, one of one of and, I, and I've mentioned this multiple times. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I I think his potential is so great. Um, I've heard good things about him in the gym. Obviously, we're seeing great things in the ring. And, and listen, America needs heavyweights, man. We need an we need a great American heavyweight. And I think Jared Anderson is that guy. I think he's, he's, he's got everything. He's on he's on a track to be that. He's athletic. He's he's got the size. He's athletic. He's got the attitude. He's got the power. He's got the defense when he wants to. And you know he's just he's got, chin, he's got it too. all. He's got a chin. He's been get he's been getting hit. I would like to see him get hit a lot less. But he's been getting hit almost all of his career because he loves knockouts. He wants to be in there. He wants yeah. to entertain. And we, as we know, that can that can definitely cause problems. I would like to see him get onto that a little bit more. I've heard from him. And I've heard from people in the gym with him. His defense is phenomenal, and his reactions and his movement, and his head movement, and his slipping and sliding is very very impressive. He hasn't shown that in fights yet, which. It's kind of cool because there might be another wrinkle to to Jared Anderson that we haven't seen mm -hmm. that he's going to have to use later on. But dude, with heavyweights, it just takes one. one so I I really want him to be careful in these next couple fights coming up because when you get into that higher level with these 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 heavyweights, it takes one shot. So don't 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 test that water early. If you if you don't have to get hit, don't get hit. I think it only goes up from here for him. I uh, read people are thinking what's next. Um, Jerry Forrest was considered a step up and now was, he's he, is. To, he is a step up and he, he obliterated him. So now it's like, all right, what's next? What's next? And I don't know if you saw this, he entered the ring um, with the Grinch uh, mask on. So yeah. he's got a lot of charisma. I was able to catch up with him right after the fight uh, in the, you know, walking back, he was walking back to his locker room. He stopped and he looked into my camera and he said, I said, what's your message to the heavyweight division? He's like, Man, tell him to get the f out of my way, and uh, he just kept going. It was a cool moment, and uh, so it's what's next. Like, what are the types of fighters we want to see him in there? with next, and I have a few um, that can all be possibly uh, good opponents for him: is Carlos Takam, uh, Michael Hunter, yes. Martin Bacoli, uh, Jermaine Franklin. That that tier of fighter, I think, has to be next. And like we said before, top rank knows what they're doing, but he's got to get in there with uh, you know, keep stepping it up, find someone that's either on the same level as far as, or, or just above for us. And I think some of those names are, who would you like to see him in there with? Uh, I like the Takam idea because it's not the most intriguing fight by any means. Cause Takam is honestly pretty boring, but he's very hard to stop. Only the tip, tip top guys do it. Um, he does have power. He's strong. He's physically very strong. He's durable. You get him in there. It's almost like a Jerry Forrest type fight. If you stop to come at this stage, wow, you know that's yeah. that's huge. It's a huge statement. But likely you end up going the distance. 
you tune them up, you win every every round, which is also impressive. But um, yeah, I, you know that 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 fight makes sense. That's a, he's a pretty high level opponent in terms of who he's been in with, and to be able to use that as a litmus test compared to the rest of the division, it sounds like a good idea. Yeah, keep stop, keep going in there against guys that um, are usually not handled uh, with ease. And see mm-hmm. if you can keep knocking them out and then build that up. Not to the level like we saw at Berlanga, like, oh, my God, this KO streak. But, like, you know, to come, like you said, Hunter, like, even like Jermaine Franklin, who was in a, in a position. I don't know if he would even take that yeah. fight, Franklin. In a position uh, after that what makes he did. No, that White. makes no sense for Franklin. That makes right. no sense for Franklin. He can go even bigger. Point. Unless the top rank offers, like, some, some huge money, but... Takam, I would think, is is one of the guys. Bacoli. Michael Hunter, unless there was some kind of outside of the ring bad blood trash talk, that fight I wouldn't I wouldn't see that happening. Um, that's a that's that's a competitive fight, honestly. Michael Hunter's talented, so that could potentially be you know like like a a fight that would be like almost like a contender crossroads yeah. fight. Um, so unless they get some kind of spat going, I don't really see that one coming. I still think that they're keeping Jared in that building pro you know building a prospect type and that's why the Takam fight makes sense yeah all right let's move on uh xander zayas looked uh i thought he looked good he gave himself a c c uh grade a little tough hard on himself uh alexis salazar only been stopped once uh couldn't get him out of there but i thought it's another you know solid eight rounds for, for zayas uh had edwin diaz the mets closer walking him into the ring with the timmy trumpets music crowd went absolutely berserk for him he is a ticket seller. He is a future star. I thought he looked fine. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, he needs fights like that. He needs eight rounders. 15-0, 10 knockouts now. Um, still a very solid, good KO percentage. He's stepping up each time out. Uh, this 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 was a step up in terms of a, a, a young, hungry guy who's going to be in there and he's durable. That Listen, that kid came to, came to win. He wasn't he wasn't just a, a, a walkover. And he's only been stopped, you mentioned, by Carlos Adames, who's a very – who's a, a high level middleweight that was at 160 yeah. by the way mm-hmm. and zayas is at 54 they fought at 54 so him not stopping him is not a knock on him by any by any means um but he got eight rounds in and i like when prospects get rounds it's important for later on in the career when the fights really matter he's going to be the guy i've said this almost ad nauseum he's going to be the guy that's going to be selling out the garden in june yes. for uh puerto rican day parades so you know nothing wrong with going eight rounds like you said Keep the train rolling. Uh, Edgar Belonga was in the crowd, and uh, it's pretty weird. You haven't heard much about Edgar Belonga. I uh, don't see him too much on social media anymore. He hasn't had a fight in six months. I think his last fight was in June during Hall of Fame weekend when he kind of bit the guy. <laughs> I think well, he he's been, he's been that. suspended. That's yeah, what I think, it was. I, think I just went to his Instagram, and he, he was on the treadmill, and he's like, suspension over, suspension over. And I thought, like, top rank, like, took his social media away. But I didn't I put two and two together. Realized he, he bit the guy, and he got suspended. Right, so it's probably a good normal idea sentence for him to, to say in the boxing world. Yeah, it, it's normal for us to be like, eh, he bit the guy, you know. Like that, that's that's how not normal boxing yeah, is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's probably a good idea for him to stay out of the spotlight while he's dealing with a, a somewhat of an embarrassing suspension. Um, but like anything else, the news minute is very quick. The news minute is a minute in boxing, so it'll be forgotten sooner than later and especially it's what have you done for me lately when it comes to boxing so as soon as he gets that next win under his belt who cares fun night at the garden love a new york city fight night so a lot of old friends sat next to dan rayfield um saw tim bradley gave him a big hug hall of famer andre ward back ringside christina poncher it's awesome i love i love when the fights are right in my backyard and i can hop right in there and you know connect with some fans that was always fun uh 
you know, some good, some nice words from some fans about our show, which is always great to see. So all in all, great night uh, at the garden over earlier in the, in the day. Uh, we called this, you know, we said it, there's value in this pick and that's Luis Alberto Lopez uh, defeating Josh Warrington. Warrington made it close toward in the second half of the fight. I thought it was all Lopez in the first half of the fight. Uh, a lot of headbutts from Warrington. That's nothing new. A few rabbit punches in there, a completely biased referee all in all. Luis Alberto Lopez defies the odds and the circumstances, gets his hand raised, new champion uh, at 126 and has some big fights lined up. This is a really fun fight. Really fun fight. Uh, the right guy got the decision too. Uh, we, we we said this. This is our pick. Who's going to get upset this weekend? It's going to be Warrington because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand how good Lopez is. I've, I've, like I said, I've called, I think, three of his last four fights. That guy is, uh, he's a stud for one. Never Very gets athletic. tired. Oh, so well, he's a soccer player. He's got he's got the yeah. footwork. He was he was a high level soccer player, and uh, he's got great footwork. He's he's tenacious as hell. Tenacious as hell. Engine. Oh, engine. The engine doesn't stop. And actually, Warrington actually outlasted him, which was very. I was impressed. War- and Warrington's a stud. I've been a fan of Warrington for a long time, but I knew he was not beating this kid that night. I think you know, unless they robbed uh, Venado, I don't think that you know, he was going to lose that fight no matter what. I do believe the rematch is going to be a lot tougher for Lopez. Because I don't know if there's going to be got... a rematch. No rematch clause. Well, uh, well, listen, this, this, this is the rematch clause. Well, when they're it comes already down talking to it. about top rank is already top rank has Lopez. They're already putting, they want Conlon versus Lopez. Top rank is, wants Conlon to be a world champ. I love Mick Conlon. He, he's well, one that's of the wrong guy. Best. That's the wrong guy. <laughs> that's the wrong guy to fight then. Well, in what, in what way? Uh, I don't think Conlon beats Lopez. Interesting fight. I, I I don't I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. I just know that that the business side of things is going to give Conlon that shot. He was also in action this weekend, and he beat uh, uh who's that guy's name? Uh, Guerfi. Um, I never I never heard of that guy. But that yeah. guy got knocked out by other fight of the this year where he got like DDT. Remember that he got like Guerfi's the one who uh he like he got caught up. I gotta try to find it now. I'm gonna get it's gonna piss me off. But long story short. Top rank wants Conlon in there with with uh, Lopez. Conlon was a round away from beating Lee Wood, which I think is yep. the fight of the year this year, until he awesome got knocked fight. out of the ring and landed in his father's arms, which is some of the most insane scenes scenes ever. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, good fights at, at 126. Uh, Bronco Lara, uh, I got to take pull up the the 126 ratings, but you know the 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 politics of boxing are going to allow for Conlon. I, I think he kind of deserves it too. Uh, before we see uh, a rematch with Warrington or any of the other Listen, fights, as long as Lopez gets paid, that's what I care about. He's that guy, he now, is. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a champ now. Um, he went to the backyard of of his opponent, who is the, the in Leeds. He's a god, and he went there and and took the belt from the champion. You know, give that man, give that man his paycheck. That was that was an impressive, impressive performance. He's a hard out for literally anybody. The kid's style is really difficult. I think Warrington will do better in the rematch, actually. I think he has a, a much better... I think he has a chance of, of actually getting his belt back because it seemed like he figured him out late in the fight. You can't... Because Lopez is so hard to get a read on. He's so... He throws punches from so many strange angles. He takes a shot well. His engine's great. But Warrington, toward the end, I mean, for Warrington to, to finish the way he did against a guy who has such a good engine, it shows you that he figured something out during the fight. And, um, yeah, I think I think Lopez is is a very talented guy, very awkward guy, and he, and he gives literally everybody in that division trouble. 
Yeah, we'll see if a, a rematch comes of it. I mean, wouldn't be shocked of any uh, any of the bunch, but I don't think there was a rematch clause uh, or would have been talked about or exercised by Hearn right after. I think Lopez is going to go. I would have told Eddie to make sure there was a rematch clause in there because I didn't. Well, he's the king of it. They call it rematch room for a reason. He's the king of rematches, but we didn't have one in this one. So Lopez now can go out there and find uh, the biggest uh, money fight for him. And maybe that's Colin because Colin has, if one thing for Colin, he has a huge, they put it in Ireland or somewhere over there. Huge fan base. Uh, put it in New York. He's got a big fan base here, and he's a good guy, Mick Collin. Uh, let's go over to our final. It's a preview. This is a, a review show, but we have a midweek fight. There's something about waking up at the ass crack of dawn and watching Niowa Inouye destroy an opponent uh, while I'm in my bathrobe. And that's going to be on Tuesday, 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Um, Niowa Inouye going to become undisputed. At 122, I think it'll be the first time since like 1980 that a fighter become undisputed at, at that weight class. He's facing little-known Paul Butler, uh, minus 8,000 favorite, Naya Inouye. Don't touch that. The over-under is going to be interesting. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for this over-under. It's two and a half rounds. I have not seen a over-under that low in a really long time. But this, to me, this is about anytime Inouye fights, I don't care who he's fighting, I tune in, and I think a lot of boxing fans do as well. Yeah, um, this is this is just one of those fights. It's just you know, the last belt to unify. Uh, I don't he's moving up he, after this. Yeah, yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, he, he looks like he's he's growing out of the weight class. Um, he's been extremely dominant. But listen, we're 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 given. Not that we're not giving him a chance, but you know, again, the, I think the weight's an issue. I, I, I'm wondering how in a way he's going to look, man. Like I said, he's growing out of the weight class. He could have a bad night based on on weight. So. You know, there, there's always that. That's pretty much. Only let's find something. Yeah, let's let's that's let's it. find something. Let's uh, find I don't something. see it. I I think he gets starched in two rounds, but that's that's just me. So you're taking the uh, under. I'm taking the under. Okay, but it, it's I think it's a smart. It's a it's a a well played risk to take the over because it's it's good odds. And listen, anybody can fight for three rounds. But under's fun. I mean, when I was watching in a way when I called the fight with in a way and Donaire, and I'm a huge Donaire fan, and and he's a a, a Hall of Famer. A first bout Hall of Famer as soon as he does retire. Uh, it was it was otherworldly. It was it was the Matrix in there. The way that he so fast. picked his shots, didn't get hit with anything. It was was comp- I mean, it was a perfect performance against a very very dangerous guy, a guy he had fought already and, and had a tough fight with and got hurt with. He broke his orbital against mm-hmm. Donaire the first time, and then goes out there and completely dominates him. So I mean, in a way, is p- potentially the best fighter in the world, pound for pound. Um, I think we're going to see uh, another fantastic performance. And I, again, I can't wait because I love when the guy fights. Yeah. Will you get up early and watch it? You're up early anyway. I'm up early anyway. So, yeah. I will get up early and I will watch that. I, I love that. I think I put the uh, cup of coffee in the night before and get it ready. It's awesome. I, well, I, I watch really a do. lot of the Saturday night fights early Sunday morning anyway. So this, yeah. this, 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 this is my normal routine. A lot of times I go to sleep early on Saturday nights and wake up in the morning and I have a plethora of fights to just sit and watch with my coffee. That's amazing. Um, who is Paul Butler? 36-fight veteran, obviously by far his biggest test. He, fe- he defeated Jonas Sultan in April uh, to win that final belt, and that became a target on his back for Inouye. Probably the biggest – he's getting his biggest payday, so that's one caveat for, for Butler. Uh, he and his team missed the flight to Japan earlier this week. So you're ready. The odds are stacked Yikes. against him to begin with. 
Uh, his team misses the flight to Japan earlier in the week. Travel snafus, great. Uh, obviously, Nayo Inoue, you already know who he is. Some fighter, uh, fans don't know who he is. They're still like, wait a second, is that that guy that everyone has in their top five, but they've never seen him fight before? Uh, if you haven't seen him fight, you should tune in. If you have seen him fight, you know why you're getting up at the ass crack of dawn to watch him. 20 out of, of his last 23 fights have ended in a knockout, 12 of his last 13, uh, the only one being the Donaire in that 2018 uh, thriller. Um Punch stats out of this world. Second and jabs landed, 8.9. He's only behind uh, Golovkin. And uh, once Golovkin retires, you're looking at the best jabber in the world, uh, Niowa Inouye. Uh, ranks fifth and plus minus. That's uh, how many, t- uh, you know, your connect percentage versus your opponent's connect percentage. That's plus 14.7. And he's fifth overall uh, in overall connect percentage. So he's very accurate. has one of the best jabs. has good defense, power. Uh, you got an entire country behind him. This guy is the goods, and he's moving up to 122. I don't know what's in store for him at 122 because there are not a lot of names. We thought as a siren, I think that siren's indicating that we should end our show, and we will in a second. Um, there is not a lot of names at 122 besides Fulton, and Fulton is now moving up to 126. So everyone was clamoring for in a way to move up and fight Fulton, who is probably the best. 122 pounders so we get best versus best but of course boxing can't have that can't have nice things i don't know i i, I wouldn't if i'm faulting i'm saying at 22 and i'm getting i'm getting in first fight at 22 before he's really grown into the weight class that's gonna be the best chance to beat him i also think that fulton has a style that could give in trouble that's the kind of guy it's gonna take to beat him so if i'm faulting i'm going for that in fight asap yeah but that's another top rank pbc the whole I right, obviously we love it you know that's that's the fight i mean that is a that's that's the fight where if i'm if i'm Stephen Fulton, get me this fight this is the fight get me this fight i'm telling you get me bigger this fight guy this is, too. I can, absolutely that's what i mean he's the bigger man he's staying at the weight class he's been growing into the featherweight division anyway anyway he's moving up to 22 first time being at the, at the weight class i don't care who you are their first fight in a weight class is is there's there's that that caveat you don't know that that the guys are that size. Most guys, it takes time to really get mature and grow into a weight class. We see that with Crawford now. Crawford's a real welterweight. It it, it took a couple years. He was I didn't ever think he was really like a welterweight until much re- very recently. So it takes time to grow into a weight class. I think in a way he's going to need that time. Stephen Fulton would be smart to get him get him early. He might be able to get the monster when the monster isn't the monster yet at twenty two. That's a good, good way to look at it. Well, hopefully we do get that. Um, so that's it for this show. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, with our preview show for uh, Michelle Rivera, Frank Martin, some of the other stuff that's going on in the world, we'll have a list. Uh, maybe we'll have Ronnie watch another Rocky. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, and then we have our year-end show um, sometime, uh, obviously, uh, at the end of December. Hope everyone enjoyed our uh, review episode. We'll be back Thursday, as always. Check yourselves at all times. Uh, I forgot my saying again. Stay out of DMs. <laughs>